Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. Today we are going to be finishing part two of the hard heart, and we are going to pick right back up with the remaining plagues that God delivered on Pharaoh and Egypt. If you have not listened to part one of the hard heart, I strongly encourage you to do so before you listen to this part two. And we will begin with plague number eight, the plague of locusts from Exodus 10, one through 20. And once again, I will not be reading the entirety of the passage for the sake of time. So go back at the end of this message and read it fully. Now, Exodus 10, one through 20. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his officials, so that I may perform these signs of mine among them, that you may tell your children and grandchildren how I dealt harshly with the Egyptians and how I performed my signs among them, and that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will bring locusts into your country tomorrow. They will cover the face of the ground so that it cannot be seen. They will devour what little you have left from the hail, including every tree that is growing in your fields. Pharaoh's officials said to him, How long will this man be a snare to us? Let the people go so that they may worship the Lord their God. Do you not yet realize that Egypt is ruined? And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over Egypt so that locusts swarm over the land and devour everything growing in the fields, everything left by the hail. So Moses stretched out his staff over Egypt, and the Lord made an east wind blow across the land all that day and all that night. By morning, the wind had brought the locusts. They invaded Egypt and settled down in every area of the country in great numbers. Never before had there been such a plague of locusts, nor will there ever be again. They covered all the ground until it was black. They devoured all that was left after the hail, everything growing in the fields and the fruit on the trees. Nothing green remained on tree or plant in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now forgive my sin once more and pray to the Lord your God to take this deadly plague away from me. Moses then left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord, and the Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind, which caught up the locusts and carried them into the Red Sea. Not a locust was left anywhere in Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let the Israelites go. Plague number nine, the plague of darkness, Exodus 10, 21 through 29. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward the sky so that darkness spreads over Egypt, darkness that can be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky and total darkness covered all Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else or move about for three days. Yet all the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. The Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, go worship the Lord. Even your women and children may go with you. Only leave your flocks and herds behind. But Moses said, You must allow us to have sacrifices and burnt offerings to present to the Lord our God. Our livestock, too, must go with us. 
Not a hoof is to be left behind. We have to use some of them in worshiping the Lord our God, and until we get there, we will not know what we are to use to worship the Lord. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was not willing to let them go. Pharaoh said to Moses, Get out of my sight. Make sure you do not appear before me again. The day you see my face, you will die. Just as you say, Moses replied, I will never appear before you again. And finally, plague number 10, the plague of the firstborn, Exodus 11, 1 through 9. Now the Lord had said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. And when he does, he will drive you out completely. Tell the people that men and women alike are to ask their neighbors for articles of silver and gold. The Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So Moses said, This is what the Lord says, About midnight I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. From the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, to the firstborn son of the female slave who is at her handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle as well, there will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt worse than there has ever been or ever will be again. But among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any person or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come to me, bowing down before me and saying, Go, you and all of the people who follow you. After that I will leave. Then Moses, hot with anger, left Pharaoh. The Lord had said to Moses, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let the Israelites go out of his country. And so ends our ten plagues, and an incredible account of one very stubborn man with a very hard heart, unrelenting heart, and a man who desperately hates God. At this point, we have to ask a serious question, and that of who in their right mind would ever go through a fraction of these situations and not give up? Just how stubborn and stupid do you have to be and not relent? And how, after just a few times of seeing what took place that was on the scale of cosmic, would you not believe this had to have been at least something much bigger than just some guy lifting his hand up in the air and these crazy things taking place? To me, logic seems to say one would have no other choice other than to be terrified if you or I had been that pharaoh. The problem is, however, few people use logic as a tool of reason, and fewer people still submit to what is directly in front of them the things that are happening in living color and submit even if the reality of it can't be denied. And that is the ultimate sign of a hard heart, seeing it and not believing it. And we see God around the world every second of our existence. We see global and regional tragedies strike and with thousands or millions dying in mere seconds and we never call out to God for help. No, we call on ourselves. We so arrogantly and feebly attempt to step into the role of God himself. And worse still, foolishly and feebly attempt to orchestrate, lead, and direct change on a global and universal scale. We see clearly that the majority of the world's political leaders are the 21st century pharaohs. They presume to be gods, lowercase g, with the answers for the nations of the world and the spinning of this very planet. We read in Exodus 10:7 again, 
Pharaoh's officials said to him, How long will this man, Moses, be a snare to us? Let the people go, Pharaoh, so that they may worship the Lord their God. Do you not realize that Egypt is ruined? Isn't it amazing that even the hard-hearted officials of the king were getting weary and recognizing that things were not getting better at the hand of their leader? It is also quite interesting that these officials stated, how long will this man, Moses, be a snare to us? What is so striking to me in this question of these supposedly smart people in government was the fact that they were so blind to God and had such hard hearts they never looked past Moses as the one doing these things. They never went to Moses and asked him, where are you even getting these powers? After all, no person has ever done this before. Think, they didn't even sit Moses down and launch an inquiry. That's mind-boggling. However, had they launched a true investigation and truly listened to Moses and was interested in hearing the truth, they would have been presented with the truth and would have indeed seen the truth and heard from God. And so, to this very day, God is showing, I believe, His hand and power throughout the universe in an attempt to awaken the world to his authority, that all might be saved and come to a place of repentance. But just as it was then, it is still today, and the majority of the world's hearts are very hard and absolutely no sign, no matter how devastating, will cause anyone to need to surrender. In fact, the hearts of the world will become so hard in the end that the world will experience true global warming, and what little there is left will be torched. The world will be set on fire, yes, the temperature will be quite hot on that day, and every last detail of anything past will be evaporated once and for all. So in all of this, is it God who is hardening the hearts of the world, of men and women, or is it that the world is hardening its heart toward God. We are always so quick to say, why is God doing this to us? Instead, why don't we say, why are we doing this to God? Instead of saying, why us, God, why don't we turn that around and say, why not us, God? Isn't it also true that we are only happy when it is all going our way? It is then our hearts are willing and open and compliant. But as soon as we are subjected to discipline, we fight, battle, and shut down. We plant our feet and cross our arms in absolute defiance. Even in the face of blood, hail, locust, flies, gnats, frogs, death, darkness. And we turn to self for the solution. And again, this is not God's doing. It is all ours. So just like this very day, all these disasters sent by God to get the attention of the Pharaoh and his officials were done in an act of absolute love and incredible caring. It was indeed done to stop Pharaoh from rejecting God and a full opportunity to surrender and permanently end the devastation. Yes, I have been that Pharaoh. God had to deal with me harshly and kept dropping bombs in my life to get my attention, and I kept standing resolute in my understanding and my power. I was ready to die on my own hill in defiance of God, no matter what. My heart was very hard. But God in His mercy and knowledge pursued me with many plagues to the bitter end, at which time I finally saw the light and surrendered. It was a violent time, however. My land was all but wiped out, virtually nothing left, and what was left was 
eaten down to the ground by the stress and pain and collapse of self. I too kept, quote, repenting and promising God I was sorry and would not do it again and trust him fully. I, however, fully knew then and know even more clearly now that I was never sorry and never had any inclination of surrendering and submitting to any other authority other than the authority and trinity of me, myself, and I. Yes, this was all excellent. It was all amazing. And to this day, I am so grateful that God took me all the way down and that I was given the opportunity to soften my heart to God. God did not harden my heart. I hardened my heart. But on many occasions, I know he handed me the hard heart before I even needed to make the decision to reject him again. Those were the true I don't care what happens moments because I am the ultimate invincible superhero. I am the ruler of my life. I am God of my existence. How about you? With that, let's go back through the 10 catastrophes, the 10 plagues, and the king's heart condition during each one. Now, it is important to remember that even before the plague started, the Pharaoh's heart was already hard, as we read in Exodus 7:14. Now, the king's heart on the 10 plagues. Plague number one, the plague of blood. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Two, the plague of frogs. Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Three, the plague of gnats. Pharaoh kept his hard heart. Plague number four, the plague of flies. Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Five, the plague on the livestock. Pharaoh kept his hard heart. Plague number six, the plague of boils. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Plague number seven, the plague of hail. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Plague number eight, the plague of locusts. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Plague number nine, the plague of darkness. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And 10, the plague of the firstborn. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. So we see that Pharaoh started off with a hard heart and all by his own doing. And the Pharaoh kept his hard heart from the first plague to the fifth plague. And we know from the first five plagues that not only is the Pharaoh very stubborn, but is also a cheat and a liar. Why do I say that? Because he kept telling Moses and Aaron that he would follow through if God ended the plague. But on each occasion, he reneged and rejected any promise he made. We also see at this point several other things that are also taking place. Pharaoh is not the only one suffering. All the citizens of Egypt are being walloped because of this king's decisions. One man's action and unrelenting heart is causing heartache for a whole nation of people. We also see that Pharaoh's own staff were getting frustrated with him and questioning his sanity. Again, Exodus 10:7. Pharaoh's officials said to him, how long will this man be a snare to us? Let the people go so that they may worship their God. Do you not realize that Egypt is ruined? Isn't it true that one person's decision or decisions can cause many to suffer? And so it was with Pharaoh and the citizens of Egypt. At this point, Egypt was a wasteland a literal war zone. And that's exactly what God sent on Egypt because of Pharaoh, a war of plagues that devastated the nation. Now let's look at plague six through 10. And we see that in plague six, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And so we get to the crux of the message. So did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Yes, because it said he did. But it is imperative, I believe, to take note that God did not just randomly go and harden Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh's heart was already hard, 
and was completely unrelenting. So God made it easy on the king and allowed the Pharaoh to not even have to make the decision to harden his own heart. God did what Pharaoh was going to do anyway. Wait, you say, but what if that would have been the one time Pharaoh was ready to truly repent and God ruined that for him? Well, I think we can clearly see that was not Pharaoh's intention and based on the next plague when Pharaoh went right back to hardening his own heart again. Don't forget too that God knew the heart of Pharaoh. God knows the beginning and the end. God knew exactly what Pharaoh was going to do. Again, God just gave Pharaoh a break, if you will, from having to make his own decision. Yes, God gave Pharaoh exactly what he was desperately already wanting. Proof of this is Exodus 11.9. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. Indeed, God knew Pharaoh would not listen. So God gave him the desire of his hard heart. And we see that the Lord made it very easy on the king for the last three plagues. Interestingly enough, we don't see that at the start of the next plague, or after the preceding plague in plague 6 through 10, where God hardened the Pharaoh's heart, that he was unable to repent. We also never see one second of regret on the part of Pharaoh. No remorse at any time and in any way. Remember, God gave this king six crazy experiences to surrender. So does God harden hearts? Yes, he does but only when he knows it is what we truly desire, what we truly want. Again, if you are questioning and asking yourself, could my heart be hard or has God hardened my heart? There is clear evidence that your heart is not hard and has not been hardened. Notice Pharaoh did not once question his position and wonder if his heart was hard. Quite the contrary, Pharaoh determined to have a hard heart, a willed hard heart, and slapped God in the face without regret. You do know, however, that your heart is hard when you are vehemently against God no matter what. And each time God shows himself to you, you completely reject anything to do with him. And then you can safely know your heart is truly hard. But did God harden it? No, you did. Again, there is nothing that says you can't repent and change your mind and follow God, however. Nowhere does it say that God permanently hardened the heart of Pharaoh. We will simply see through God's word that there were occasions that God showed himself plainly to Pharaoh and Pharaoh rejected him each time. On the other hand, can and does God turn people over to their own desires and step back? Yes, and we see that in various passages throughout scripture and we see that in our message from Exodus with Pharaoh. God turned this king over to his sincere desires and after many, many attempts to get Pharaoh to acknowledge God. I hope these two messages on the hard heart have been encouraging to you and have provided you with either something to consider in your own life or encouragement to be more effective in sharing God's awesome word to the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you with hopefully willing hearts, hearts that welcome your challenges into our lives because we know it is to grow us and come closer to you. We ask you humbly that we would always be mindful that we are so capable of hardening our hearts to you and not listening and seeing what you have in front of us to get our attention. Thank you for giving us so many chances to acknowledge you. Forgive us when we continue to battle your desires for our lives and that we may always examine our hearts and our motives in all things every day. We are grateful that you are so willing to pursue us and thank you that you desire nothing more than a true relationship with us no matter our past, even if we have hardened our hearts to you in the past. 
And now we ask all this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you are enjoying what you hear on Face Your Faith, please pass it along to family, friends, and colleagues. If you would like to support Face Your Faith, there is only one way to do so, and that is to pass it along to others. Just think, I'm not begging for money, no trying to make the year-end budget, and no sob stories on how we might fold if you don't give money. On the contrary, God is perfectly providing financially, for which I am so grateful. But God does tell each and every believer that we are to participate in ministry, and we are all called to be ministers of God's Word, and we are called to give of our time and talents. So how do you do that effectively, as so many of us are not going to church and tithing and volunteering for the work of the Lord? Soften your heart, and don't kid yourself that just listening to Christian music and listening to me and others proclaiming God's Word is sufficient worship. While I believe there is no substitute for a formal gathering of God's people in the setting of a service of worship, I also understand that there are a number of various situations that may preclude us from fellowship, volunteering, and perhaps tithing. Again, this is a critical part of our obedience to God, but many of us who are unable to fully engage can engage in spreading the Word of God to many. Volunteering, if you will, right from the comfort of your own home while you're on vacation or on the road for business. Yes, you can serve God in ministry so easily. I have heard many say, quote, I know I should do more for God, but. And that but is a hard heart toward God and what you know he is asking of you to do. So one of the goals and the reasons I launched Face Your Faith was to make it easy to serve in ministry right where you are, to give you everything that is needed so you can fearlessly present your faith in the one true living God by simply tapping the screen of your phone and forwarding it to one, two, or ten people, forwarding the message to others on your Facebook account and subscribing to one of our podcast channels and forwarding that. Please allow me to encourage you to do what is most likely uncomfortable for many of you and that of telling others about God. Again, think about it. You can likely do this with one finger and a few movements with a tap and a swipe. Can you imagine if Paul would have had it this easy? I can only imagine how ecstatic he would have been and how much he would have used the internet and his tablet and phone to blast out the good news of our Lord and Savior. And finally, thank you so much for so many of you who have encouraged me through emails on the website and on Facebook. And until next time, be a dangerous Christian and spread God's word in freedom and in peace.